Good evening. A couple things I would like to say. I'm usually very transparent, so I'm going to... Um, I want to I wanna thank you. I want to thank every single one of you for some of the inconvenience that this has caused us. Um, coming on Saturday for some of you and, and not being able to be in church on Sunday morning is the last thing you would want to do. And we recognize that and we ask your forgiveness. Um, we pray that this won't last long. We pray that we'll be able to find a, a home for us and a, a place that we can gather together on Sundays as well as Saturday night and worship our Lord together. But on behalf of the staff, on behalf of the people uh, of this church that have the decision makings of doing something like this, I want to tell you how much we appreciate and love you and how grateful we are that you have uh, inconvenienced your time, inv inconvenienced some of your schedule to be here with us. I personally thank you from the very bottom of my heart. I am um, I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be a part of this church with you. I'm honored to be uh, in the position that God has placed me here. I th thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, I also want to thank uh, personally um, Bill McKnight. I don't know if he's here. I, I don't see him. Um, he does a lot of the editing of, of the work that, uh, that goes out. He does a lot of, uh, of uh, typing some of the uh, things that I have for him to do concerning the messages and concerning this book, the book of Revelation. And, and for Bill McKnight, um, he's such a great guy. Um, and he's so thorough at what he does. And I want to thank personally Bill McKnight for that. Um, for those who, um, who helped put together the sermon-based uh, studies that we have done concerning the book of Revelation, um, People who have developed and, and written it, written the studies. Um, I want to say what a great job you've done. Um, I hope that you have grown as you've developed and, and written and studied this particular place of Scripture as we have. I know it's been a lot of hard work. And I hope that it has been a blessing to all of you. Um, for those of you that haven't been with me for any length of time, I usually get quite sentimental when we get through a book. And I don't even know why. I wasn't sentimental. I wasn't like teary-eyed any of part of this day. And now I am. Um, the thought of leaving this great book uh, uh, leaves me real uh, vulnerable before you. Uh, this book is a great book. It, um, it gives us a, a great promise as we started it. I don't know, well, it's been 65 messages ago. I keep track of little things like that. And it said in, in the third verse of the first chapter, blessed is the person who reads and who hears these words and heeds the things which are written in it, for the time is near. Well, this is the last sermon we will do this particular time on the book of Revelation. And we've gotten to a place that is critical unto our Lord. These last words that our Lord has written in this last chapter the book of Revelation, the 22nd chapter, they are measured out quite carefully. If you recall last week, he makes a call to us. In verse 7 and verse 12 and verse 20 of this great chapter, 
He says, behold, I am coming quickly. That, that statement is, I am coming without notice. I am coming suddenly. And so he has asked us to get very serious with our faith because of the eminence of, of, of how he is going to come quickly without notice. That we are to, we are to tell people about his great, greatness and his goodness. He tells us, if you're in the 22nd chapter in verse 16, that he is making this call. If you'll look at verse 16, I, Jesus, he says, have sent my angel to testify to you these things for the churches. It's his call to us. He's making this call to us as a body of believers. The church, universal, but we can't reach out any further than where we are right here, right now, for us. He's making this call to us. And this call is critical. Because as he says in verse 16, he is the root. He is the offspring of David. He is the bright morning star. Meaning Jesus is the source of life. He is the Messiah. He is God Almighty. Which gives testimony to his character. It gives testimony to why he is able to make this call to you and me. To come to himself and he alone. Because he is God Almighty. He is the source of life. He is the Messiah, the Savior, born of the line of David. He is the bright morning star. And so in verse 17, as we saw last week, this Almighty One... Jesus Christ says, come. Do you hear? Are you thirsty? Then take the water of life without cost and come. Come and worship him. Price has been paid. There's absolutely no cost for you and me. Jesus paid it all. All we need to do is come. But, as we close out this chapter, the names of Jesus Christ in verses 13 and 16 are not the only authority concerning why we should come to him. But it is also the importance of the word. The very thing that we have built our church upon. The person of Jesus Christ and the word of God. Of last importance... In this great book, the book of Revelation, Jesus seals his word, this, as the final authority. So we are to obey him. Read with me, please. Let's just jump back. We are only going to really look at verses, the four last verses, verses 18, 19, 20, and 21. But I want to read from verse 12, if I may. We'll just kind of just go over what we've already done and studied. As he says in verse 12, Behold, I am coming quickly. And my reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter by the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs and the sorcerers and the immoral people 
the murderers and the idolaters and everyone who loves and practices lying. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David. I am the bright morning star. And the spirit said to the and the bride said, "Come. Let the one who hears say, "Come." Let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who wishes take the water of life without cost. I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God shall add to him the plagues which are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the tree of life and from the holy city which are written in this book. He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. Oh, Father, may we be as serious as we can possibly be concerning these last few verses. You make a call to us to come to you. And you testify to us who you are, by saying you are the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. You tell us you are the root and the offspring of David. You are the bright morning star. And so you call us to come. And you tell us we can come, those of us who hear and those of us who are thirsty. And we can take of this water of life without cost. And then, Father, you tell us, be careful, though. Be careful of the words that I have written within this book and without, throughout the whole of Scripture. Be careful not to add to them. Be careful not to take one word away. Father, in the name of our Lord and Savior, will you bless us? Father, will you bless um, Calvary of Brea, that will move into this building tomorrow morning. I pray that, uh, Father, somehow, some way, that there will be many, many, many people who will be saved and come to know you th through their ministry. May they as, uh, have as many blessings here as, as, uh, as we have had and more. And Father, would you please be careful with us? Um, find us that place that you want us to be. Let not our, not our preaching be in vain. May we, Father, be a, a group of people who are faithful to, to listen to your very word. Take heed. Move me aside, I beg of you, Father. Please let me not, let me not mess up this place in Scripture. It's, it's, it's as most critical that I have, I know of. And so, would you please move me aside so that you might speak to us? I pray this in the most precious name I know of. I pray this in the name of our Lord and our Savior, your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Sorry.
Verses 18 and 19 are critical to the prophecy of this book. Just critical. They express the final authority of God's revelation within all of Scripture, every single page. The inspiration of God's Word is clarified in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Listen to what, what Timothy writes. He says, all Scripture, all Scripture, all Scripture is inspired by God. It is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. The inspiration of this, your Bible, our Bibles, refers to the reliability and the accuracy of what is written within its pages. The writers were inspired by God, we are told. They were controlled and moved by the Holy Spirit of God, we are told. And what was written within these pages are, are not for our private interpretation. We must be careful to follow what is said. Listen to Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. He says, Know this, Peter writes, First of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. No, he says, For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will. Rather, he says, But men, moved by the Holy Spirit, spoke from God. If you ever pray for me, and I know you do, that's what I'd ask you to pray. I don't ask you to pray for my health. I don't ask you to pray for a long life. I've already have a long life. I pray that you would pray that, that I would accurately divide the Word of God and share with you the truth, which is the very essence of what is now my life. When we speak of the revelation of Jesus Christ, we deal with the issue of authority. Not our authority, but the authority of the Word of God. We do not make the Word of God. We, we stand up here and preach. We do not make the Word of God by how we interpret it. It is the Word of God, period. We're to find out what He says. We're not to try to make it what we want it to say. Therefore, does God continue to give additional information apart from what he has given us here in this great book that we study, the book of Revelation, all of Scripture? Are there other words? Are there further information which God speaks to mankind today? Do we have the right to profess from the pulpit or from anywhere, I have a word from God. God spoke to me apart from what is written within these pages. Are there other additional words from God not found in this, the Bible? Do other religious groups have the right to add to, take away from, or bring alongside something else to study what God has said to us? Well, let me just share with you. To those questions, we get a resounding answer from the Word of God, and it is no. May I say it is a firm and definite, no, you may not add to or take away from what is written within these pages. In Hebrews chapter 1, 
verses 1 and 2, I love this place. It says, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets, in many portions and in many ways, God, when he spoke long ago through the prophets and the fathers, the Old Testament saints, he spoke to them in many portions and in many ways. But in these last days, what are we in today? Well, we've been studying through the book of Revelation. We are in what is called the last days. In these, the last days, he tells us God spoke to us in and through his Son, whom he appointed heir in all things, through whom he also has made this world. So Jesus Christ intended the book of Revelation in all of Scripture, but he narrows it down to what he concludes here in Revelation chapter 22, verses 18 and 19. He says, this is the complete form. This is all you and I need to understand who he is. Verse 18, he testifies to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to them the plagues which are written in this book. And we've studied them. They are terrible and awesome. And verse 19 says, If anyone takes away from the words which are written in the prophecy of this book, God will take away from them their part in the tree of life and from the holy city which are written in this book. In other words, take away from them heaven. Listen now, with the completion of this book, the revelation of God's Son, Jesus Christ, it is now complete. We're not allowed to add to it. We're not allowed to take away from it. You see, the book of Revelation takes us from the time of Jesus Christ, which was before the foundations of this earth, to the eternal state of heaven. It goes on forever and ever, eternally. Therefore, there is now no more need for further revelation concerning God, concerning His Son, concerning His plan. It has all been laid out before us. It is complete. God's direct revelation stops. All that God wished for you and me to know has ceased. We are not to add nor take away from what He has written. And anyone who claims to have additional information from God today, I have a word from God. Oh, really? Does it line up what is said in here? No, it's about your whatever. Anyone tells you that, then for that person, they are deceiving not only themselves, but they are sadly deceiving any and all who will listen to them. That warning was given in Old Testament times as well. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 2, God stated, You shall not add to the word which I am commanding you, nor take away from it. Keep the commandments, he said, that the Lord your God is giving you. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 32 says, Whatever I command you, you shall be careful to do. Don't add to it, nor take away from it. And then in the book of Proverbs, in the book of Jeremiah, Proverbs 3, 6, it says, Do not add to these words. Jeremiah 26.2 says, Do not omit a word from what is written. And so here in Revelation chapter 22, verses 18 and 19, God warns very sternly, I might add, 
Do not add, do not take away from my words of prophecy. Within a nutshell, that's why I, I'm such a stickler on going through the Word of God. Within a nutshell, that is why we study here at this church. That's why what we study here is the Word of God. That's why we try not to duck and hide from anything that is written within the words. There's times where we go through things that you've been here, you've been through the study of Revelation. Some of it has been very difficult. You must admit, I told you going in, it's going to be a bumpy road. But you hung in there. I'm going to read you something at the end of this message that I, uh, I'm excited for you to say. Let me just share some more about this. We realize that God's word of prophecy takes us from the very beginning of time to eternity. Nothing, therefore, is to be added from it or to it, nor is anything to be taken away from it. Not from this point forward. That's why we, we say to you from the word of God that, that the revelation of God has been given to us. We, we are to deal with it now today. That We have all that we need to know about our Father and about our Son, and about the Holy Spirit. Two consequences are listed, and they are stern. If someone, anyone, violates this order, in verse 18, then God says, I will add to them the plagues that are written within this book. And if anyone desires to take it away, to kind of water down the Word of God, so as not to... Not to uh, offend anyone. God says, if you take away from my word, I will take away your part from the tree of life and from the holy city, heaven, which are written of in this book. People, God lets you and me know how extremely important his word is to you and me. How he longs for us to study and get to know it. How this will change our lives Remember when we spoke in verse 10 of this chapter, John was told, along with us, don't seal up. The angel told John, don't seal up the words of the prophecy of this book because the time is near. Our Lord's coming. It's going to be quick. It's going to be suddenly. Our position as a believer in Jesus Christ, yours and mine, is simply to say what he says and not to add from it or to it, I, I always say from. Add to it or take away from it. His message of eternal life is to be proclaimed for every single person to hear. As verse 6 told us, His words are faithful and they are true. Therefore, we do not have the right to water down or to make more of them than He allows. To do so would be out of harmony of the will of God. We don't want to do that here at this church. Listen, in your life and my life, we are, not, we are not asked to offend a soul. We are not to offend a soul within our lives or within our words. But if when we preach the word of God and it offends, then that's God's business, not ours. Listen to the wisdom of Paul. When he wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14, 15, 16, and 17. Listen to what Paul says. He says, Thanks be to God 
who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of Him in every place. We are to be a sweet aroma for God. He says in verse 15, We are to be a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and also among those who are perishing. To the one, he says in verse 16, we are an aroma from death to death. But to the others, we are an aroma from life to life. He says in verse 17, we are not like many who peddle the word of God. Peddle. <laughs> that word is so wonderful. The word peddle comes from the Greek word that means to corrupt. In other words, it implies someone who would preach Christ peddling the Word of God like a, a carn artist would, would do selling an inferior product. By using cleverness or, or, or deception, they add or take away from the product. We are simply purely called to say what God says and never to add to it nor to take away from it. We don't need to apologize for what God says, nor are we to overemphasize His thoughts, so as perhaps if I say this, it'll win someone to Christ. No, His Word is sufficient to do its work within all mankind. Scripture teaches us very, very clearly in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11, our Lord says, So shall my word, which goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty or void. It will accomplish, God says, what I desire. It will succeed in the manner in which I sent it. Your job and my job is to say what he would say if he was here best we can. That's why I ask you, I ask the Lord every time, and if you don't think I'm serious about it, you're crazy. When I ask him to move me out of the way, when I ask him to empty me of myself, when I ask him to just move me aside so that I'm not being seen, I've had people come up to me from time to time, don't, don't say that, because we want to see, we want to hear from you. And I've never taken that counsel, because I'm very serious about what I do up here. I do not want to be seen. I want the Lord to speak through whatever it is that he has taught me during the week. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 14, and in verse 17 of Romans 10, it says, People cannot believe who have not heard the word. And faith, it says in verse 17, comes from hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. The word of God is everything. It's everything to you and me. David said in Psalms 119, verse 11, one of my favorite verses, My word, thy word, he says, thy word I have, I have treasured in my heart so that I might not sin against you. You see, the word of God is everything. We're not to mess around with it. So Jesus says to John, and he says to us as well, Don't add to, don't take away from my word, and I am coming quickly, suddenly, without notice. Without warning. is why you and I are to tell of Christ as, as, as often as we can and as, and as quickly as we can and as immediately as we can to our loved ones. 
and to anyone we come in contact with, for that matter. To which John, and I hopefully you and I can say amen, amen, come Lord Jesus. So John closes this great book as he began in chapter 1 and verse 4. In verse 21, he simply says, The grace, that's a God's unmerited favor, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with all. Amen. In Revelation chapter 1 and verse 4, John says to the seven churches that are in Asia, Grace, grace to you, God's unmerited favor be upon you, and peace from him who is, who was, and who is to come. And Paul closes out the book of Romans, which we will study starting next week. He closes it in chapter 16 and verse 20, quite the same way, but a stronger emphasis. Listen to what Paul writes at the end of Romans. He says, The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of the Lord be with you. That might give you a little insight of why I can't wait to, to see Paul. He just said, may Satan be just trampled under your feet. Oh, by the way, grace to you. <laughs> love and all that stuff. I love Paul. Now I want to leave you with this. I want you to find it in your Bible, please. Would you please turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. I want to close with this thought. Now, where's 1 Thessalonians? Um, it's, it, you know, if you get to Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, after Colossians is the 1 Thessalonians. The second chapter. Are you there? Like if you get to uh, Acts or Romans, keep going to the right. You'll go past Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and then 1 Thessalonians. The reason I want you to see this, if you can in your own Bibles, is so that you might underline it. I want you to see this particular place in Scripture in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. It, it encompasses what I believe. It is um, a very special place in the Word of God to me. I want to leave you with this. Well, we'll, study, we'll start studying uh, Romans next week, but I want to leave you with this concerning this great book. Because some of you have hung in here as we studied this book through thick and through thin. Some of this study has not been easy. I, I, I know, I know. And yet you've, you've hung in there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. For this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you received from us the word of God's message, you what? You accepted it. But you accepted it not as the word from man, but for what it really is, the word of God. which also performs its work in you, who what? In you who believe. You see, none of this study of this book will make much sense. It will really beat you up 
it'll be hard to put it all together until you believe. I met a man once uh, through my ministry with athletes who was a fighter pilot in the Second World War. He looked to me like he could have been James Bond, you know, one of those kind of guys, just a man's man. And he said he used to fly and be on missions and he'd be in those dogfights, I guess, that they get into. And after he was through, he'd come back and he'd sit in his room and I wish he was here to tell you this. You just would love him. He's, he might be dead now. He's, he's a little bit older than me. Um, Colonel Nimrod McNair was his name. He said he used to come back after he'd be uh, in a life and death battle. He'd sit in his room by himself and he would pour, he would tell me, uh, three fingers of, I don't know what kind of bourbon he drank, but, and he would sit down and open a Bible and read. And he said it never made any sense to him, but somehow it comforted him. And then later in life, he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And he would turn back to the Bible and read it, but this time without the three fingers of bourbon. And it would all make sense. This place in Scripture is very important to me, the book of Revelation. But the verse we just read to you out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13 means the world to me. This is what I base my life upon right now. It's all I have. Oh, of course, I have my family, my wife, whom I adore, and friends. But as far as everything boils down and what I'm left with, this is it. It's for the reason I constantly thank God for you. That when you received the words of God's messages, you accepted it. Not as it was from me, but from what it really is. The Word of God. That it might perform its work in you. Those of you who believe. If you do not believe and you hear God's call, Come, please. Come, please. Come, please. Come. Father, I don't know how I'm going to do the second service. I have no clue. I pray that you might strengthen me, Father, not for me, but just so that I don't embarrass this church. I hate crying like this, Father. I pray that you will bless us feel really vulnerable right now, Father. I want these dear people to have a place to meet in. They can feel it's their home. Gosh, Father. Lord, I pray your blessings upon us. Again, I pray for the church that will be meeting here and this be their home. I do pray you'll bless them. Now, dear Father, I thank you for every soul that's here. I pray that we will uh, 
gather again next week if we have to on Saturday at 5 and at 7. But I honestly pray, Father, forgive me that it's not too long that we can have a place. But not my will. Yours be done. Amen.